So what is this song about? Well, it's about the importance of community. It reminds us that if we're going to make it in life, we need community. We need each other. You see, Bono wrote the song as a tribute to Bono's father who was dying of cancer. In fact, the first time he sang the song in public was at his dad's funeral. Before Bono sang the song, he said this, My father was a hard-working, proud, independent man who was sometimes hard to get along with. But he also loved opera and used to sing it with his beautiful tenor voice at night. My dad is the reason I sing. He gave me my voice and the attitude I would need to defend it. I wrote this song as a way of saying thanks to my dad. But I also wrote it for myself. Because of our complex relationship, Bono said, my father's illness and death was one of the most difficult experiences I've ever had to walk through. And during that time, I came to realize there are some things in life that are so difficult, so painful, so hard, you just can't make it on your own. You need other people. You need people in your life like my bandmates, friends who are willing to walk with you, to support you, to even carry you when you can't go on by yourself. Bono is right, isn't he? There are times when things happen in our lives that are so difficult, so painful, so hard, we feel like Bono. There are times when things happen in our lives that make us feel like the man we heard about in this morning's gospel story. We feel paralyzed, trapped, broken, unable to make it on our own. Maybe we lose a job and we don't know which way to turn next. Maybe we experience the death of a loved one and we don't know how we're going to move through the tremendous grief we're experiencing. Maybe we get into financial trouble and we find ourselves drowning in debt and don't know how to get out. Perhaps a relationship we're in is breaking down. And though we want to continue that relationship, we can't seem to find a way to make it healthy again. Maybe we're experiencing some kind of serious health crisis and we suddenly realize that we can't do the things we used to do by ourselves. Or maybe we fail in some area of our lives. We've made bad decisions. And we don't know how we're going to pick up the pieces and find a way to begin again. It can happen in a thousand different ways. But all of us, like Bono, like the paralyzed man in this morning's gospel story, will experience times in our lives when we just can't make it on our own. And when those times come, we need a community of people, like Bono's bandmates, who carried him through his father's illness and death. We need a community of friends, like the paralyzed man's friends, who picked him up and carried him to Jesus, where he found healing and hope and a new life. We need a community of people in our lives who can surround us, walk with us, support us, Help us when we simply can't make it on our own. Now, intuitively, I think we all know that. There's a problem, however. And the problem is this. There are barriers to building that kind of community, those kinds of friendships in our lives. And unless we name those barriers and find a way to overcome them, well, we won't have the help we need when we can't make it on our own. So what I'd like us to do this morning 
is name some of the barriers that we all face when it comes to building community, a community of supportive people in our lives that we all need. And then I'll ask us to think about what our faith has to say about overcoming these barriers. So we'll have the people we need when we can't make it on our own. So what are the barriers? Well, the first barrier to building a community of supportive friends in our lives is what I call the barrier of cultural prejudice. What I mean by that is this. Uh, you and I grew up and continue to live in a culture that places extreme value on individualism. We live in a culture that promotes, even worships, the power of the individual person. And we teach this to our children from a very young age. For example, when my kids were little, we used to read them a children's book entitled, All By Myself. Maybe you've read the book to your children. Now the book is meant to teach children there are a lot of things that they can do independently, all by themselves. Things like getting out of bed, brushing their teeth, tying their shoes, pouring their juice, even riding their bike. And those are good things. There's nothing wrong with celebrating the fact that our kids need to learn and can learn to do some things all by themselves. But sometimes we forget. We forget to teach our children that there are also some things they can't do, that they don't have to do all by themselves. And so they grow up thinking that asking for help is bad, that being unable to succeed on their own is failure, that being unable to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps when things go wrong, well, that it's a weakness. We fail to teach them that we all need each other. And so when life hands them a situation, an experience where they can't make it on their own, well, they freak out. They're afraid of feeling extremely guilty asking for help. They struggle to do it because, well, because seeking the support of others, being dependent on others, will be a sign of weakness, a sign of failure. Well, our U2 song and our gospel story give us an alternative view of reality. They remind us that none of us can really make it on our own. They remind us we all need each other. They remind us that a healthy human being is a human being who understands he or she can't do everything by his or herself, and they shouldn't expect to. I've been mean, reading a book by one of my favorite authors, the late Marcus Borg. In the book, Borg speaks about this topic of individualism in a powerful way. He says, you know, the United States is perhaps the most individualistic culture in the history of the world. Our culture is dominated by an ethos of individualism. It's a, it's a core cultural value. And there is much that's good about that. It gives value to individual lives. It, it honors the importance of individual rights and individual choice and opportunity. It emphasizes freedom, which is a gift from God. But this individualism, well, it also leads to a false and unhealthy way of seeing life. It obscures the truth that none of us is really self-made. It obscures the fact that in the end, we all depend on each other. Biblical faith, however, counters this thinking. It reminds us that none of us can make it on our own. So to build a supportive community of friends, we must first overcome our culture's prejudice. 
There's a second barrier, however, and that is the barrier of pace. You see, we may understand that we all need each other, but the truth of the matter is we often live our lives at such a fast pace, developing deep friendships and authentic community. Well, it's nearly impossible. Let me give you an example. For the past seven months, a pastor friend of mine and I have been trying to get together for lunch, but we haven't been able to. At first, this was because of the quarantines that were imposed at the beginning of the COVID crisis. For the last several months, however, it's because we've both been too busy helping our churches respond to the COVID crisis. My friend put it this way. You know, before COVID, the pace of my life made it difficult to nurture my relationships. You'd think that COVID-19 would have caused that pace to slow, but it hasn't. Since COVID hit the pace of my life, the number of hours I'm working has exploded. Now it's harder to nurture relationships than it ever was before. My friend may be right, you know. Before COVID, our frantic, fast-paced culture made building deep friendships, a supportive community, a very difficult challenge. Since COVID, however, the restrictions on gathering together, the stress of dealing with change, and the hours we've been working have made it more challenging to build community than ever before. One article I read put it this way, Many Americans have been working from home during the COVID crisis, and this has certainly had some perks to it. On the other hand, the average workday in the United States has now increased by three hours. And many Americans who are now working 11-hour days are struggling for genuine social connection. So how do we meet that challenge? Psychologist Alan McGinnis writes that we must come to understand that the number one rule for developing a supportive community of people in our lives is simple. It's to make it a priority. He says people rarely drift into friendship. People rarely create community by osmosis. It requires a decision, a decision to invest our time, our energy, and our presence in the lives of others. We can't do it by trying to squeeze it into the cracks of an overloaded schedule. Uh, we can't microwave friendships. People who have great friends, a supportive community, have this because they make it a top priority in their lives. You know, the early church understood that. In Acts 2, the scripture says, they met together daily, worshiped together, ate together, talked together, prayed together, and grew close. They made nurturing friendships, nurturing a supportive community, a top priority in their life. And we must too, even if we have to do it virtually for a while. Bono recently put it like this, he said, the thing that's kept our band going all these years is the fact that we're friends. We take the time, make the effort to get into one another's lives, even though we've had to do it virtually for almost a year. The point is to build a supportive community of friends. We have to overcome the barrier of pace. Third, to build a supportive community of friends, uh, we must overcome what I call the barrier of perfection. In other words, if you and I are going to have deep friendships, if we're going to have a community of supportive people who can carry us in good times and bads, we can't expect each other to be perfect. 
I don't know about you, but I've seen people begin to build friendships, begin to build a supportive community in their lives. And for a while, those friendships are great. They are life-giving. Then somebody says something or does something that's hurtful. And instead of addressing the conflict in a healthy way, well, one or the other person quits on the relationship. Listen, if we're going to build deep friendships, if we're going to develop a supportive community in our life, we must understand that we're all broken people. We must understand that as we build these relationships with each other, there are going to be times when we say things, when we do things that hurt, that injure, that make one another mad. When this happens, however, we must not give up on each other. Instead, we must be willing, willing to accept one another's flaws and limitations, stick with one another, address our conflict in a healthy way, and let love be our guide. YouTube band member David Evans, who's known as The Edge, once said this about his bandmates. He said, we've been together all of our adult lives which demonstrates an incredible level of commitment and solidarity between four people. One of the things that's enabled us to do this has been our willingness to be tolerant of one another, to make room for each other's idiosyncrasies, and to focus on understanding one another and love. You know, Paul reminds us of the same thing in his letter to a community of very diverse Christians that were living in Corinth, Greece. He says to them, a love is patient and kind. It doesn't envy, doesn't boast, it's not proud. It does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices in truth, always protects, trusts, hopes, and perseveres. So to develop deep friendships, to develop a supportive community of people in our life who will be there when we can't make it on our own, we have to overcome our expectation of perfection. There's one final barrier to building a supportive community of friends in our lives, however. And I call that barrier the barrier of personal pride. What I mean is this, Uh, we hear how we need to develop supportive community of friends for those times when we can't make it on our own, and, and we believe it's true. Unfortunately, we often don't live like it's true. When we face situations that paralyze us, when life hands us a circumstance that threatens to destroy us, we still try to lift ourselves up by our own bootstraps. We still try to fix it on our own. We still try to make it by ourselves. Why? Well, because of our pride, we're often too stubborn to actually let our friends help. You know, the paralytic in our gospel story couldn't make it on his own, and he knew that. And although the story doesn't specifically say it, the story implies that this man was willing to set aside his pride and ask his friends for help. And because he was willing to do that, his friends picked him up and they took him to Jesus. And there he found healing and new life. And the scripture says that when Jesus saw what his friends had done for him, when he saw the faith of this man's friends, he said, rise up, take up your mat and walk. It was not the man's faith that healed him. 
It was not the man's faith that gave him new life. It was the faith of his friends, the support of his community. The night after his father's funeral, Bono and U2 were scheduled to give a concert to a sold-out crowd at Earl's Court in London. Bono decided to go ahead with the concert because it felt like the right thing to do. Anyway, when Bono walked out on stage that night, he did something he'd never done at the beginning of a concert. With humility, he took off his trademark sunglasses. He knelt and he made the sign of the cross. And then with tears in his eyes, he stood, looked first at the sky and then at the crowd and began to sing, Sometimes You Can't Make It on Your Own. As he began to sing, a reporter in the crowd said something amazing happened. He said Bono's humility and heart-wrenching transparency reminded us of our shared humanity. It reminded us that as we lay aside our pride and carry each other, we find wholeness and peace. So as Bono sang, the band and the crowd not only shared his grief, they picked him up and they carried him through that night. Here's the point when we're willing to lay aside our personal pride and ask for help, when we're willing to set aside our pride and let others carry us in those times of our lives when we cannot carry ourselves, something amazing happens. God uses our friends to heal us. God uses our community to bring us to Jesus. God uses those supportive people to bring us new life. Sometimes life places us in situations we can't make it on our own. When that happens, we need to have a community of people, a group of friends in our life who can walk with us, support us, carry us. When can we cannot carry ourselves? In order to have that, however, we do need to overcome some barriers. We need to overcome the barrier of cultural prejudice, which says, I can do it all by myself. We need to overcome the barrier of pace and slow down so we can truly nurture strong relationships in our lives. We need to overcome the barrier of perfection and accept people as they are so they'll be there for us as we are. And we need to overcome the barrier of personal pride and be willing to ask for help when we need it. If we will, I believe we'll begin to discover what the paralytic in the gospel story discovered, that God works through a community of supportive friends in our lives to bring us wholeness and peace and new life. I don't know about you, but for me, that's incredibly good news.